That, uh, I heard that song for the first time about two or three weeks ago. And I remember right after I heard it, I said, boy, you know what, that would, oh, I'd love to hear that as a special in our church. <clears throat> I didn't say anything to anybody. And uh, don't you like it when God just gives you the desires of your heart and you don't, uh, don't even necessarily make a prayer, you just kind of say it out loud and... And uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good song. That's a really good song. Okay, take your Bibles this morning and turn to Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 8. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Let's all stand together, and if your neighbor does not have a Bible this morning, please allow them to look on with you. <clears throat> and you read along silently as I read aloud, beginning in verse 5. It says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father. We are thankful for the opportunity to be in church and we're thankful for each one that's here. God, we pray that our hearts would be such that we would be open to the Word of God speaking to us and the Spirit of God ministering to us. We ask, Lord, that you would, would uh, speak to our hearts this morning. Help us to see uh, the danger of the thing that we're going to be speaking of this morning and help us certainly not to take it in any way lightly, but to take it very, very seriously in our own personal lives. We ask God that you would work in this service. May, may uh, you work in hearts today. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. The, the last verse, you know, I, the Lord says that we ought to sanctify ourselves and we ought to mortify our members and so forth. Uh, but you get down to verse 8 and he says, But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. You know what I just described? I just described America today. <laughs> That's really America today. Um, and, and there is a tremendous anger. I've, I've never seen public anger in my lifetime uh, like, I've, like I've seen it over the last, particularly the last couple of years. Um, I, I, you know, I was raised in the 60s. I remember the, I remember this, the, the uh, 60s peace marches and the riots that followed right after the peace marches, which I always thought was rather ironic. But, uh, uh, and you know, and I, I saw the anger that was there. And as a kid, honestly, I can remember uh, living in Rochester uh, and there were, there, there were people burning down houses and, and, and uh, looting stores and so forth. And we didn't live that far from the city limits. Of course, we were, we were miles away from where that particular 
activity was going on. But I can remember as a kid, it scared me. I mean, it really did. And uh, we don't realize sometimes what kind of effect uh, anger has on kids that, that uh, watch that, that kind of stuff going on. But we're living in that kind of an age. May I say to you this morning, you know, the Bible says in the last days, perilous times shall come. Not just for everyone else, but they're also perilous for us too. Because when we're around that kind of stuff, uh, it can infect us. And, uh, and I, have, I have not only seen uh, more anger in the, in the lives of lost people in the world, but I've also seen an awful lot of anger in saved people. And we have to be so very, very careful. Now I know, and I'm not going to go into this really this morning, I know there is a righteous anger, but can I tell you the truth? Most of what I would say 99% of the anger that I have to fight and battle in my life is usually not the righteous kind. It's usually the unrighteous kind. And uh, what I want to look at this morning is I want you to, to look with me about, about the dangers of an angry spirit and uh, how an angry spirit can really be a dangerous thing. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs 29. We're going to look at some facts about anger. And we're just going to look at it in one book, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is full of verses about this subject. Proverbs chapter 29. And look down at verse 22. Proverbs 29, 22. It says, an angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. Uh, angry people cause trouble. They cause fights. They cause offenses. There are, uh, you know, you can't, you, you can't uh, have this kind of anger going on and not sin in your heart. Uh, when, a, when a person is given to anger, or anger grabs a hold of someone. There's a contentious spirit there. And again, in the, in the scriptures, you can't find any, any place where, it, it, where it, the scriptures condones us to be contentious toward others. And, uh, and angry people are troublesome people, and they cause problems wherever they go. Go to, go to Proverbs 14. Now, when I say angry people, I don't just mean angry all the time. I mean, anytime you and I are uh, given to anger and we've not put that stuff away, uh, it, we, we are opening the doors for trouble. We are opening the doors for, for uh, transgressions and offenses and fights. Proverbs chapter 14, look down at verse 7. Proverbs 14 verse 7 says, Go from the presence of a foolish man, when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. I want 17. Go down 17. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. It says that a, a, a person who is angry is, is uh, soon angry is one who deals foolishly. In other words, they lack discernment. They lack wisdom. But oftentimes, here's what I found. When, when I'm angry, and I'm angry about something, because, and, and you know how it goes, 
I'm right, you're wrong. That's why I'm ticked off. That's why I'm angry, okay? Uh, usually, uh, when I'm angry, I think I'm right, but my, the scripture tells me I lack discernment. When, when you let anger get a hold of you, the discernment goes out the window, and the wisdom goes out the window. Go to Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19, verse 11, the, dis the discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Angry people cannot let things pass over. They cannot pass over transgressions. They lack discernment. Uh, they have a tendency to want to, to uh, take people and and uh, nail them to the wall. When, when anger starts, did you ever notice that when anger starts, if you, don't, if you don't catch it right at the very beginning, it just builds and builds and builds and builds. What I have found in my own life, and I've seen it in the lives of others too, but I've really seen it in my own life, when the anger's there, the compassion's gone. There's no compassion, there's no patience, uh, and, and I'm certainly not going to display what Karen spoke, or spoke, uh, I was going to say preached, no, sang about this morning, <laughs> whatever, whatever fits, uh, mercy, mercy. Listen, when I'm angry, I'm anything but merciful, anything but merciful. And that, that the discretion just goes out the window. Go to Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16, look down at verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. The implication there is, is that when, when, we're, when we allow anger to come in, and the, the, the anger shows that we are spiritually weak. And that uh, there's a real lack of temperance in our life. There's a real lack of control. And, you know, when it, comes to, when it comes to anger, we're quick to come up with all kinds of, of uh, excuses for it. We'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I'm angry. I didn't get much sleep last night. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry I'm angry. I, I've just had a bad day. Uh, listen, uh, forgive, forgive my anger, but that's just the way I was raised. Uh, that's, that's my heritage. Uh, I don't know, maybe you have red hair and that's your excuse. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, we say, well, you know, I'm, I'm having some, I'm having some uh, physical problems today. And so, so uh, that's why I'm angry. No, you're angry because you got a spiritual problem. Hmm, got quiet real quick. Uh, what, listen, when, 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 when we let anger in, it's not because of physical things that are affecting us. It's because something's wrong spiritually. Something's wrong spiritually. And we need to admit that it's a spiritual problem. Go with me to... to uh, Proverbs chapter 22. This shows you just how serious God takes this anger issue. Proverbs chapter 22. And look down in verses 24 and 25. 
Verse 24 says, Make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man. Thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a, a snare to thy soul. And that's the reason why I say that, that uh, we have to be careful because a lot of the stuff that is, that is uh, the anger that is being shown in America today, it's going to slop over to you and it's going to slop over to me. And because those people might be on the wrong side of an issue and we're on the right side of the issue, we think that we can go ahead and get all bent out of shape and, and all tied in knots and twisted. Uh, folks, when, when that takes place, I become and you become an angry person. And what Scripture says about an angry person, God says, make no friendship with an angry man. I hate to tell you this. I hate to admit it. I, seriously. But there are times when that would apply to me and you should stay away from your preacher. Because whenever I'm angry and I let the anger get a hold of me, I'm not right with God. And what he says in the next verse is that it can rub off. And it can, it, it, it's, it's something that can can really influence us. So it, it, this, is, this is something that's extremely dangerous. Now, what, what are, what are the, some of the, the dangers in, in anger? Why is anger, anger so dangerous and so harmful? Well, first of all, it can destroy relationships. Uh, when, when you're angry, and we've already made this real clear, when you're, when you're angry, you're not right with God. You're letting your emotions uh, control you, not the Spirit of God. <clears throat> Listen, I have never been unrighteously angry, ticked off, whatever you want to call it, okay, and been filled with the Spirit. Those two do not match. They just don't match. James chapter 1 and verse 20 says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So anytime I get wrathful, anytime you get ticked, you know, we won't say, oh, I don't get angry, I just get ticked off. <laughs> okay, that's the same thing, it's just on a little different level. But uh, whenever that happens, understand you're not right with God. It's not the Spirit of God that's controlling you, it's your emotions that are controlling you. And, uh, and, and that ought not to be. Um, there's, there's some, uh, you know, major damage that can be done in the lives of others through, through anger. I've watched, I've watched uh, uh, marriage relationships bust up because of anger. Uh, I've seen children really seriously damaged because of anger in a family. And, and keep this in mind, because I, I, I've, I've, seen this, I've seen this up front, up close, and personal in my, my own life and in my own home. You might not remember all the incidents that you had an angry spirit. But can I tell you something? Your kids remember more of them than you would think. And they really do. And it makes a real impression on them, and it's not a good one. Uh, an angry father or an angry mother 
can destroy a child's trust and a child's respect that they're supposed to have for their parents. I mean, you think of it. Back in, uh, in uh, the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter, chapter 4, uh, it talks about the fact that, that uh, after the fall, what was, the, what was really the first sin after the fall that, that, that entered into this, this, this world? Well, you know what it was? It was anger. Cain and Abel went to God. Uh, Abel came with, uh, with one of the sheep of his flock and offered that as a sacrifice to God, and God accepted it. Cain was a farmer. He took the fruit of his hands, the fruits and the vegetables and the things he'd worked hard for, and he offered that to God, and God said, no, that's not acceptable. Now, he didn't punish him. He didn't discipline him. He just simply said, no, it's not acceptable. And so what happened? Well, he, he told him, he says, if you don't take care of it, God said, sin lieth at the door. Well, he didn't take care of it. He didn't rectify it. They were out in the field one day, uh, shortly thereafter, and it doesn't go into, it doesn't go into uh, a description of what exactly happened other than the fact that, that Cain got mad at his brother. Now remember, his brother was right and he was wrong. He could have taken care of it. Instead, he got angry. He got so angry, he killed his brother. He killed him. Why did he kill him? Because of anger. And what was the anger there because of? Well, because something was unresolved in his life. And it, it caused the, the first family relationship, a first family schism. It resulted in the, in the death of, of uh, Abel, and I'm, I'll, I'll guarantee you it put a real wedge in there between Cain and, and both of his parents. So it destroys relationships. Another thing it does is, is, is uh, uh, we need to understand that it's really harmful because it goes down a lot deeper than what we think it does. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 19 says, A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment. For if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. In other words, it can very easily become a pattern and becomes a part of you. And that's why we need, as soon as we begin to see any vestiges of anger, any, any, any evidence of it, we need to take care of that thing immediately, find out why it's there, and then rectify it in our own lives. Uh, when, 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 it's, when anger is unresolved, it pops up in every area of life, and it's often unexpected, and it becomes a part of the person if it isn't, if it isn't taken care of and if it isn't resolved. Um, you know, you, you've, you've, uh, you've seen it in your own lives, you've seen it in the lives of others. Uh, a guy has a, a bad day at work and he comes home and uh, his wife says something to him and, and he immediately snaps, snaps at her. What, what's that? She didn't do anything wrong. Why did he do that? Well, because of something that happened at work. But if something had happened at work that did not get resolved and he brought it home with him and took it out on the wife or took it out on the kids or kicked the dog or the cat, whichever it might be. 
And uh, you know which one I'd prefer to kick. But anyway, uh, the, the, the point is, is that, that uh, anger goes down deep. And it, it really can become a part of you. Uh, another thing about anger is it allows the enemy to come in and uh, because the walls are taken down, the walls of protection. Proverbs 25 and verse 28 says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Well, if a city's broken down and without walls, then that means that there's no real defense there. And that the enemy can come in like a flood and can overtake that city. It's the same way with us. When, when we allow anger to get rooted in our lives, and we allow, allow anger to come in, we open the door to that thing, uh, it's, it's just showing that the walls are starting to deteriorate and the, the, the defenses in our, in our spiritual life are torn down. And another thing that it does, and sometimes we don't really even think of this, we, we think of this, I, I think, more when it comes to worry than we think of it when it comes to anger. But just as, as worry can cause real, literal, physical problems, so can anger cause real, literal, physical problems. It can strain your heart. Uh, I read where, where uh, every outburst of anger kills thousands of muscle fibers in the heart. Uh, so so we're, doing, we're doing heart damage when, we, when we're angry. Uh, people can get ulcers over anger. Uh, it can damage the kidneys by an imbalance of, of hormones. It can raise the, the cholesterol. Uh, again, I read where it said that one outburst of anger can raise cholesterol in an individual for 10 days. I mean, you know, that's showing that's serious stuff. Now, what are some, what are some obvious uh, significations of, of anger in our life? Uh, many times, and I've done this, I'm sure you have too, uh, someone catches you and you're angry. And in your anger, and you say, I'm not angry, I'm whatever, I'm irritated, <laughs> you know, I'm not angry, I'm just ticked. Uh, you know, it, we, we immediately deny it. And uh, what, what we need to do is be aware of when anger is beginning to show itself. You can, you can see some visible evidences of anger uh, through irritability. Uh, that's one thing I think probably my wife would, would quickly say, amen and amen, I get irritable. And when I do, it's because there's something that's unresolved that I haven't taken care of in my life. And we need to be diligent. This is why it's so important to walk with God on a day-by-day -day basis. Because, because it's so easy to let that guard down and for those walls to be destroyed and for the enemy to come in. Irritability is, is an evidence of anger. Uh, impatience. Uh, when, when, when we're irritable or angry, uh, you do not show much forbearance, okay? You don't, you don't pass over transgressions. You, you don't put up with people very well. And uh, impatience begins to rise. By the way, one of the, 
the two, probably the two of the, the greatest um, attributes of someone who is walking with God is that a person who walks with God is humble and a person who walks with God is patient. You know, we read in, uh, in adult Sunday school this morning in 2 Timothy where uh, Paul told Timothy, be patient unto all men. If you're, the, if, you're, if you're a servant, if you have a servant's heart, uh, you ought to be patient to all men. And the patience goes right out the window when the anger comes in. Uh, a raised voice, glaring eyes, an angry look, a wrinkled brow, uh, tense facial muscles. I call it when a person gets their hackles up. You say, have you ever seen hackles? And I don't know, but I've seen the results of the hackles, <laughs> okay? And it seems to be on the countenance. Uh, hurtful words, hurtful words. Um, parents, don't ever, don't ever tell your child that they're worthless. Uh, don't ever call in seriousness, okay? And, you know, we, we've kidded back and forth in our family all the time. Ah, oh, you dummy. We don't mean it that way. We're just, but I've heard parents say, you are a dummy. You are stupid. What are you doing? Don't do that. Don't do that. You know what that comes from? That comes from an angry spirit. And you're just, I've, I've been places and seen things over the years. I have... I have observed, and not, not because I've wanted to, I just happened to be at the, you say the right time at the right place, and no, I was probably the wrong time at the wrong place. Um, I've, I've watched parents just verbally degrade their children. And man, something on the inside of me just dies. But it reminds me, be careful of my words, because sometimes the things that we say are just as hurtful, and we, we, we just don't catch it. Um, watch out for explosive actions. Uh, when, when you just kind of burst at, at something, uh, you slam doors, you stomp out. Uh, I don't think I've ever th thrown things. I don't think I've ever, well, yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. I have. I can remember a few tennis matches where some, <laughs> some uh, uh, tennis rackets went airborne. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, so I have. I have done that. But uh, and not in recent years. Well, that's because I don't play tennis anymore. But <laughs> if, I, if I was, who knows? But uh, but the but the but the point is is that uh, uh, you know we we do those things and we say, well, I'm just venting. You mean you're just angry? You're not right with God. You need to get right. You need to get your heart right. That's really what we should be saying. We uh, another another outward uh, evidence of anger can be uh, cutting off communication with people. Um, you can be very quiet on the outside, but seething on the inside. You know, just, just, because, just because somebody's not slamming their fist, just because somebody's not uh, slamming the door, just because somebody's not raising their voice, doesn't mean they're not angry. Different people exhibit anger different ways. Now, I'm one of those kind of guys that if I'm angry, you're going to know I'm angry, <laughs> okay? 
But I've seen people that are angry and they just sit there. And they just look at you. You know? They don't say a word. On the inside, they're a boiling pot. Okay? Uh, that's, that's anger. Uh, cut off communications. Uh, sh shut off the spirit to the one that they're, they're angry with. <clears throat> you've, you've heard the, these kind of conversations. What's the matter? Nothing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Could have fooled me on that one. Uh, and again, you know, if you just went by the words, okay, no. And, and, and then the worst thing that a person can do is, well, what's the matter? Nothing. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you say that, you're, you, better, you better be ready to duck because something might be coming your way. Um, so be careful of, of cutting off communication. Uh, other visible, um, visible evidences of anger, an argumentative spirit, being argumentative. Um, boy, the, when I was young, I used to love to get into arguments, and oftentimes when I got into arguments, it got heated. Uh, when you start going down that path, uh, you, have, you have a point that you want to make, and you are not going to let go of that point, and you're not going to let go of that thought, and you're going to make sure that that person understands that you are right and that they are wrong, and I hope you get it. Whoa, careful. That's an argumentative spirit, and that's a proud spirit, and that's an angry spirit. Uh, another thing is clenched teeth. Uh, unless you're older and, and you just have clenched gums, okay? Uh, wh whatever. Uh, and, and then uh, just letting it physically, it, it can physically upset you. You can see it in, in uh, increase of heartbeat, uh, heavy breathing, just, uh, just letting it affect you physically. Unresolved problems cause anger. And, and when anger is unresolved, because the problems are unresolved, then that thing builds and accumulates. Again, I gave the illustration of Cain. Uh, Cain got mad at God because his offering wasn't accepted. And he went from disobedience with an offering to murder. What was in between those two things? Anger. Anger was there. Uh, and, and because he didn't take care of his relationship with God, it came out in his relationship with his brother, and his brother lost his life because of it. Um, another example you see is Balaam was a, was a prophet. He was supposed to be a prophet of God, and he had temporal values, and he was offered, he was offered large sums of money. Uh, in order to, uh, if, if he would just curse the, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, and he refused to do it, he, he said, you know, God, God would not let him do that. But, but uh, you could tell, if you read through the narrative, he wanted to do that. He was looking for all kinds of opportunities. And uh, God uh, just forbid him to curse Israel, for, for Balak, the king of, of Moab. And so he asked God if he could go to Balak, and God said that uh, if, uh, uh, if, if, if God came and called for him 
that he could. Well, he got up in the morning, he wasn't called by God, and he just rose up and went. And you know the story of, of Balaam's donkey. Uh, the donkey saw an angel standing in front of him with a sword, and uh, he, he, pressed his, he pressed his leg up against the, uh, up against the wall, and uh, he refused to go forward. And the Bible says about, about Balaam, his anger was kindled and he smote her with a staff. And, and basically what the, the donkey did is turn around and says, what have I done to you? Haven't I, been, haven't I been good to you up to this point? The amazing thing about that, that whole story is he says, well, yeah, I guess you have, but what, what are you doing talking to a donkey for crying out loud? Doesn't that surprise you? When anger gets a hold of you, you're not thinking straight. Okay, you're just not thinking straight. And what was the problem? Well, the problem was his heart wasn't right with God. He didn't take his, his ministry seriously, and he had a covetous heart. Um, you, see, you see anger in the life of, of King Saul. Um, Boy, if you want to you see a, a wonderful contrast that you can really learn from, take, the, take the, the person of King Saul and contrast it with David. Now, did they both have problems? Absolutely, they did. And uh, even though they both had problems, they both responded to those problems differently. And they, they, their relationship with God was different. And, and uh, uh, Saul was disobedient to God. There were times when God told him specifically to do something. He was confronted about it after he didn't do it. And he did nothing but make excuses until he, got his, until he realized he was going to lose something. And then he gets all, all sorry and repentant. But, but the truth is, is that Saul had some real problems with the Lord and with his relationship with the Lord. And because of that, that popped out in other areas. I mean, that, that, popped, that popped out with, with uh, his relationship with uh, Jonathan, his son, and also popped out with his relationship with David. The truth of the matter is, and, and if you've read through the Old Testament, and you've read about the life of David and the life of Saul, you know that there wasn't a man that was more loyal in the kingdom than David was. Two times David had the opportunity to, to slay Saul, and he had been anointed to be the next king of Israel. So he was in line, and Saul was misbehaving, and Saul did have a rebellious spirit and so forth, and he could have made all kinds of excuses. In fact, he had some of his own men try to, try to encourage him to go ahead and, and to take his life. And he says, no. He says, I, I can't do that. Uh, he'd, he'd have been sinning against God if he did it. Um, David was the most loyal man, one of the most loyal men that Saul had. And yet, Saul was mad at David all the time. And uh, tried twice to take his life, chased him all over the countryside. Why is that? Because he had a problem with God and he never got it right. And when you allow those things to become to to not get resolved then that thing just builds and builds and builds and builds are there any unresolved things in your life 
I mean right now. Is there anything between you and God this morning that's unresolved? You know, if, if you're under the side of my voice this morning and, and you don't know for sure that if you died today that you go to heaven, you're not sure that your sins are forgiven and that you're saved and you're a child of God, if you don't know that for sure, if you've never gotten that thing taken care of, you have something unresolved between you and God. Because the Bible says that Jesus died for you. He died for your sins. But until a person trusts Christ as Savior, it says that we are, in Romans 5, it says that we're at enmity with God. That means we're like this with each other until we trust Christ as our Savior. So you have an unresolved problem. Don't even, don't even try to handle the anger issue if you're not saved. Because your greatest problem is not your anger. Your greatest problem is if you don't trust Christ as Savior, if you don't repent and believe on Him and Him alone, you're going to die and go to hell for all eternity. That's a whole lot more serious than any, any consequence that anger could ever bring. But in order to, 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 to get things right with God, you've got to get saved. If you're if you're saved, do you have a sin issue? Is there an issue between you and God where you have not yet relinquished? And again, we're great at making excuses. Well, I, I've not done that because of this or because of that. I was talking to our guys here, I don't know, uh, within the last week or so, and I remember a, 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 a person that I was uh, that had gotten saved, they'd been saved for about a, a couple, get, been saved for about a year, and uh, visited in their home, and they brought it up. They brought up the, the thing of tithing. And they said, you know, they said, we're going to tithe as soon as all of our bills are paid. Well, guess what? They never tithed, and they didn't stay around the church for very long, and they were gone. Now, you say, what's the rest of the story? I don't know. We lost contact. But I'll guarantee you it wasn't good. Why? Because something was unresolved. We, we, you know, we can make all kinds of excuses why they're unresolved, but the truth is, if there's something between you and God that needs to be taken care of, if you don't take care of it, one of the places it's going to show up is in the area of anger. And then... then the other, the other uh, thing, area where we're unresolved sometimes is with others. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And with this I'm done. Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. And... Uh, Look with me, if you would, in verse 17. It says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written... Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now what he's saying there is, there's only one person who can be wrathful, and that's God. 
in case you haven't figured it out yet, that's not you. <laughs> You're not God. And so you can't handle wrath. God can. And he can do it properly, and he can do it righteously, and he can do it justly. But we can't. So God says, listen, give place unto vengeance. Give place unto wrath. How do you do that? You give it to God. Let him handle the thing. Don't you try to, to take it into your own hands. And he says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Verse 20. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And again, over in the book of James, it says, The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It never is right to be wrathful. Never. And, but notice what it says in verse 18. In verse 18, it says, If it be possible... As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Well, it says, if it be possible. So the implication is there's times when it's not possible. If it's not possible, make sure it's never your fault that it's not possible. Make sure it's not possible because someone else won't make it possible, not because of you. There is no reason for us to, to have unresolved issues between us and other people. And I'm not just talking saved people. I'm talking saved and lost. There was a time back years ago, God, God really got on me about the kind of attitude I had, particularly when I was a teenager. And I was already married. Uh, we were up in Green Bay. And... Uh, the Lord got a hold of my heart, and I ended up calling, calling my, my uh, mom and dad and apologizing to them, saying, listen, um, I had the wrong attitude toward you when I was growing up. And uh, uh, I, I, had a, I had an angry spirit at times. I was disrespectful, though I was respectful outwardly. I was disrespectful inwardly. Uh, there were times I didn't listen to you. Uh, would you please forgive me? And I remember my mom and dad were on two extensions. One was on one, one was on the other. And, and, uh, and my mom tried to just kind of push it off. And my dad said, no, let him, let him speak. Uh, if he thinks this is important, he needs to take care of this thing. Um, you know, after that, I felt like a real load lifted. And when those loads lift like that, guess what also goes out the door? Your anger. Your anger. You don't have that tension there anymore. Why? Because things are resolved between you and others. Are things right between you and God? Are things right between you and others? Unresolved problems causes an angry and dangerous spirit. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that we would take heed to what we've heard this morning. And Lord, uh, all of us are subject to this thing. It, there's, not, there's not a person within the sound of my voice that uh, is not susceptible and been overtaken by anger. And Lord, if, if all we do is just proverbially uh, sweep it under the rug, 
or just kind of push it off to the side or say time heals all wounds. Uh, Lord, it just continues to build. Help us to be honest with you this morning. And if, if there be an unresolved issue, if someone here or watching via the internet this morning uh, is not saved, Lord, the greatest issue that they have that needs to get resolved is their salvation. They need to become a child of God. They need to realize they're a sinner on their way to hell. Cry out to you for mercy. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Uh, Father, I pray for, for those that might uh, have some unresolved sin issues this morning. Uh, something that they just won't let go of. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they decide to let that thing go and get that thing resolved. Maybe there's someone that here that uh, has an unresolved issue with whoever. Uh, Lord, I realize it says, if it be possible, sometimes it's not possible, but it should never be our fault that it's not possible. We need to do everything that we can Make sure that things are right between first us and you, and second of all, us and others. God, please use this invitation this morning to grab a hold of our hearts, speak to hearts this morning, and uh, Lord, uh, help some things in our hearts get resolved so that uh, anger is not knocking on our door and threatening our relationship with you and our relationship with others. Work in hearts this morning, and God, may we just say yes to you, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.